welcome back. This is episode two of the Cooking Up Raw podcast. And what you just heard was the number one song on Billboard's Hot 100 in 1997. Tony Braxton's on a tear right now. Never heard this song. I am surprised. Don't know how this, this was the number one hit at the time. At not the impressed. Time, well, not, not impressed, dude. You're wildin'. You are for someone that does karaoke. You are wildin' right now. Come on, uh, you know, uh, heavily rock influenced karaoke. Tony Braxton's quite the opposite, my you friend. Don't do karaoke with the family. <laughs> no. What? What you do your you do karaoke with your family? That's all I know. Is like, at, oh like, man, Filipino family. Nah. I mean, I watched my my family do it, but so I pull out the slow jams on them. Tony Braxton, I, I Tony Braxton. Tony Braxton, but I'll pull it out. I didn't know "Unbreak My Heart" was this big. Like, this might be the opening track for the next six weeks up until the next. Yikes. Number one song on the Hot 100. I don't think it'll last out. Alright. So we're back. For those that don't know us, this is an episode... Um, no, episode. This is a podcast where we review 1997 Attitude Era Raw because my friend has not watched it before. Um, let me introduce ourselves, though, first. I'm Addy, or Grey Hoodie Addy, as you can find me on Twitter. And yeah, um, the other side is C-Ned. This is C-Ned. C-Ned. Also known as C-Ned. Pronounced C-Ned. <laughs> it's Denise backwards. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, so we review 1997 Raw and the pay-per-views. So this week we've got the go-home pay-per-view. Uh, no, For the go-home Raw to the Royal Rumble yep. pay-per-view. So we pick up where Raw left off last week. We get a highlight of Psycho Sid powerbombing the crap out of Pete Lothario onto a table that does not break. That's got to be one of my favorite like powerbomb table spots. What? Because it just, it just looked it so stiff, break. eh? It looked like when Sasha got uh, thrown onto the table in the Hell in the Cell and she just flew off. <laughs> she just bounced off it? Yeah. She just the table didn't off. give in. Yep. We also learned that HBK is going to join Raw from San Antonio live, even though Raw is not live. Amen. Uh, he was live at the. He was live at the time. He was live, but the show was not live in any capacity. So he's gonna join us yeah. in the park place tonight, and we also got a highlight from Superstars, which happened the day before. So I'm guessing Superstars preceded Sunday Night Heat on the Sunday spot. Yeah, I, I was I was sort of confused when I saw when I uh. Like, they played that clip of Stone Cold uh, attacking Bret Hart, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, this has happened on Raw. So it must have happened on one of their, one of their uh, weekend shows. Yeah, it happened on Superstars, which is funny because we're seeing a lot of these auxiliary shows play a part in the, the whole canon of the year. Mm. So what happens on Superstars, it's basically the night before Raw. Bret gets chop-blocked from behind by... Uh, uh, Austin cold. gets hit with the stunner again. The stunner does not have the front kick yet, so the stunner not still yet. looks weird. He kind of like rotates you and then does just, the brings his head down on that shoulder, man. Yeah. And then he puts the a steel chair on the ankle of Brett, and then jumps off the turnbuckle and and lands. And this is a spot growing up. I thought was devastating because I saw Kane do this to a lot of guys, 
And they would do this spot where it would look like the the leg was broken in the boot. So when I'm seeing it here, I thought it would have been more devastating, but for Brett, he's just just hobbling along. So we get the opening match for Raw, which is the one we were announced last week. It's Hunter Hearst Helmsley and Jerry the King Lawler versus Goldust and Mark Merrill. If you don't remember, this match was brought about because two weeks ago, Hunter was trying to take Marlena away. He got blocked by Mark Merrill. Then threw her Mark at, threw Marlena at Mark Merrill. I like this. This was clever. He threw Marlena at Mark Miller, Merrill. Then Goldust came in, and then he moved out the way and guided Goldust into Mark Merrill and Marlena, basically uh, having all three of them fall. So the commentary team right now is Honky Tonk Man and Vince McMahon, because Jerry's obviously in the ring. And we know that Honky Tonk Man is still scouting for the next Honky Tonk Man. Who wants to be the next Honky Tonk Man, man? Who, who, I've never heard of a Honky Tonk Man. You've never like, heard of the greatest intercontinental champion of oh all time? Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, whatever you guys say. Whatever history says, if, if he's the greatest. He's got the longest reign, so why not? Come on, man. And, I mean, I guess any other good intercontinental champion was probably in WCW at this time? Wow. <laughs> like, Macho's there. Yep. Piper's there. The only guy you got is, like, Brett, really. Brett and Honky Tonk. True. So, we got Mark Merrill coming out, and he comes out with Sable, and I heard Sable's theme song, so I'm like, wait. And wait, then I forgot so he went to Sable's theme song? They were together. Or, or, or was it just their shared theme song at the time? It was Mark Merrill's theme song, and Sable, it just stuck with Sable for the rest of her life. Okay. So they show a high a highlight of why this match is taking place. Mark Merrill comes out. He's got some cool pyro. I like the nineties. 90s, 90s Everyone pyro. has cool pyro in the nineties. What is this? It's it's in ring and there's it's quiet. It's not loud. <laughs> Have you ever? You've never been to a Monday Night Raw before, right? No, I've never been to a Raw. So your first event was uh, Takeover Toronto Takeover that we went to. Toronto. Right? Yep. There was no pyro at that event, was there? Was there? Was there any? No, yeah, you're right. No. There yeah, was. so the first time I went to Raw, one thing I learned was Pyro was loud. Like, Don't they always open Raw? They used to, well, I don't know if they do it nowadays, they but do it now. in the 2000 Raws, they always just open Raw with Pyro. Huge Pyro. But now they got, like, in 97, they have this, like, sparkler-looking Pyro. Sparkler. Yeah. So Goldis comes out with Marlena. He wastes no time. He doesn't do the big entrance. And then all four Down men are in the ring. So the heels are really I don't know who's babyface or heel in the situation. I know Hunter so. is clearly heel, but uh, Mark Merrow and Goldust do not come off as the clear babyfaces in the situation. Even though Goldust is the one whose woman is getting hit on by Triple H, but even in wrestling days, even today, that doesn't make you the clear babyface. Because look at. Enzo. True. Rusev is the one defending his wife's honor, but he's the heel in that situation. Come on, man. Rusev is the foreigner. All foreigners are always heels. They're the bad guys. <laughs> American Americans are just natural good guys. Everyone knows it. So it's it's the double standard in in wrestling. 
So King and Triple H are sent outside the ring while the ref is trying to get both faces in to have one man in the corner. They basically start off with this brawl and the ref's having a hard time of getting control of the match. Triple H takes the corner with King starting the match. However, Goldust is very upset at Hunter and won't take the corner, but eventually does. And that's the story that plays out through the match is that Goldust cannot wait to have his hands on Hunter. Get his hands on, on the game. He's not the, not game, the game yet. yet. He's not the game yet. <laughs> he doesn't have the lats yet. He's the, he's the loading screen. He's the nose. He's Oh, man. <laughs> the loading Always known screen. for nose. He's, he's not even H-Face yet. <laughs> So, again, Meryl and King start the match. Meryl hits King with a back body drop and goes to the corner. Waller goes to hug Hunter, but it doesn't count as a tag. We're also told the next two matches for the night, main event Crush versus The Undertaker, and one Rocky Maivia versus The British Bulldog. Meanwhile, King tries to hush the crowd, but he covers his ears because there's some chant going on. They go for the test of strength spot. King punches Meryl, and Meryl returns with another punch. As this goes on, the commentary team decides to make a reference to Sugar Ray Leonard and plug of one of his fights on pay-per-view on March 1st against one Hector Macho Camacho. When was the last time WWE has plugged another sport on television? Plugged? Like, like, like advertised another like entire pay-per-view? Well, yeah, like, basically. You um, like I know there's like cross like they do like a crossover other sports, but flat out like almost saying like buy this, like go watch this pay-per-view. I don't, I can't even remember. Yeah, like I've. Did they even advertise the fact that Brock was going to be on UFC 200 this year? Oh, uh, I think I there was like the announcer team probably talked about it. Mm-hmm. I know they talked about it like after after the fact that he won, but there wasn't like any uh, pre-hype going into it on the yeah. WWE side, I think. Yeah, so they basically plug that, and Hunter gets tagged in, finally. King holds Dave Meryl Hunt. to Hunter, and then Hunter goes to punch. Meryl ducks, and he punches King. And that's another story that happens in this match. Is Hunter basically keeps hitting King by accident, they show that this team does not work together properly. So both men leave the ring to regroup. King is back as the legal man for some reason. Hunter gets tagged back in, and as soon as he gets in, Goldust jumps in, even though he hasn't been tagged in. Hunter is forced outside the ring again, and again, we get the advertisement for the rest of the night. Mero hits another back body drop. And then Goldust comes in again and interrupts the match. This match had weird flow, man. Oh, yeah. Honky Tonks, for some reason, makes an OJ Simpson reference. King (laughs) is tagged in, and Goldust has Hunter in the corner. No, sorry. He has Goldust in the corner. Hunter puts his boots up, and then King goes to try and throw Goldie into the boot, but it gets reversed, and he eats the boot. Goldust takes on both men and clunks their heads together. This is a long match. Yeah. Well, maybe my notes are I remember thinking this myself. So. When I when I think they went into two commercial breaks with this match. Yeah. So basically the match is Goldie's um, trying to get his hands on Hunter, but Hunter won't let him. He keeps leaving the ring. King him. is basically taking the brunt of all of this. And finally, the end of the match is... They both get in. Goldust gets tagged in. He hits Helmsley with the, with the double leg takedown. 
and starts wailing on him. Goldie hits him with two double uppercuts and falls back. Then Triple H gets stuck in the ropes. He does the great Kali spot. And then Goldie is trying to choke Triple, Triple H out. And Mero's trying to stop him. Goldust attacks Mero. And then at this time, the bell is rung. Mero and Goldust are disqualified for no to no reaction from the crowd. And the match it took him a while to disqualify Goldust, eh? I heard Goldust was choking Triple H for like 10 seconds while the ref was trying to get him off. I didn't hear a five count. He wasn't counting. He was just—he didn't even do a count. He just tried to pull him off him. It's, I was like, "Wait, is this, isn't this a disqualification?" At this time, it seems so inconsistent because we had two instances last week where, like, that should—that should have been a disqualification. Whereas this is like, yeah. Eh. But iffy. We we got a belt spot last week. We had the water bottle spot last week, and then this is like, oh yeah. Yo, talk, and then and then the aftermath in the match when when Goldust punches Mero, Mark Mark Mero just takes there. Yeah, he doesn't do he doesn't that. do anything about it. He's just like, what the hell, man? And it's like I don't see the I don't get what the alliance between Goldust and Mero is is because they both have two blonde, two valets, dude. Two blonde valets, basically the two sex symbols plus Sunny of nineteen ninety seven. So we move to the HBK segment in San Antonio, but before that. We see Psycho Sid having a pre-tape promo in the Alamo Dome. Basically, he talks about mythology. He talks about he has to be a monster to walk around with a belt. And he says that everyone will look know the look on his face. He says, everybody in the arena, everybody, you know, Jose Lothario, HBK will know that look in his face. And that look says that Sid is the master and the ruler of the world. Gotta say, it was a good that. promo. It was a good promo. It was okay. I liked it. You didn't like. I I really liked it. Like uh, as a person, just for, for the first time seeing some of Sid's work, you know, I gotta say, after like <laughs> from the two weeks that I've seen of him, I'm a fan. Okay. So you like Sid as champion? I I, I like the character. I like I like the promos he's cutting so far. I like the look. So yeah, I gotta say, I I like Sid as champion right now. One thing I, I thought it was weird was that they had the they shot this in the Alamo Dome a week before the pay per view. Like, did mm. it pay? Does it pay off to hype up the match? Does having him inside the Alamo Dome pay off? But I don't know how long it takes to set up an arena for an event, so I could be mm. wrong, right? We get yep. a commercial, and now we finally get the HBK segment. They replay Jose getting hit at SummerSlam, not SummerSlam, Survivor Series 1996, and uh, the powerbomb, my favorite powerbomb of Pete Lothario getting attacked. Honky Tonk Man says that the Lotharios are excess baggage, and HBK says that Sid has brought out the monster in him, and that he's going to get nasty and kick Sid straight into the teeth, and that's how they do it in Texas. Then HBK says he is... All man, and he's at least a yard wide. I didn't know what that meant. I guess he's um, sexual innuendo. Is that I guess thing he's got a thick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he has a it's Shawn Michaels, piece. man. <laughs> now at this time, the camera is focusing in on Sean, but I noticed that Sean's eyes kept darting away from the camera, and he was focusing Ooh. on something yeah. on his side. And this is probably a teleprompter. This is maybe? Eye Sean, so. Was this a teleprompter? Was he reading points off of the thing? Sean, to me, never seems like a guy that 
needs it, except this week on Raw, he did kind of need it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know what this was. So, again, we he goes back to talking about Sid. He said he calls Sid Stalin because he calls himself the ruler and master of the world. And then again, he says he's going to kick Sid's teeth down his throat, take the title, and Sid will see HBK as champion and looking at his own stool sample, son. Man. This is where... Some weird... Some weird... That was, uh... It was an okay promo. Pretty weird, though. It's weird because we're seeing that transition to the Attitude Era where it's trying to be edgy, but it's kind of like... <laughs> but holding sometimes back. it doesn't work. Yeah. It's like that weird pubescent age, like pre-pubescent age, where it's like you're trying new things, but you're still kind of a kid. Yeah. And you just come off as awkward. This is the awkward teen, the awkward uh, pre-teen phase of the Attitude Era. Now, this week on Raw, back in 2017, we have HBK returning to make a promo and plug the Rumble, and he talks about this Rumble, obviously, and he also mm-hmm. plugs his movie. You watched Raw this week, right? Uh, bits and pieces. I've seen, I've seen the segment? HBK segment. So, if you were going to rate this 1997 segment versus the 2017 segment, which one would you take? Well, I guess I'd take the 97 one. I wasn't really a big fan of the, this, the HBK's appearance on Raw this week. Neither was I. I think Rusev... It's was pretty lackluster. Rusev was the shining light of that whole segment. But isn't Rusev always the shining light of most of the segments that he's in? It's, that's true. <laughs> Rusev's just a great... He's, he's just a great... He's just great, man. I mean, his accent's starting to fade. Someone said he, he's starting to sound like Fez. <laughs> what? Anyway, I also noticed that at this time, there's a fan... I mean... We see that HBK is really the ladies' man here because there's a fan trying to grope HBK during his promo the whole time. He's like trying to grab his chest. He's like, and I think, uh, did, did you notice? Um, thing? I don't know if it's if it was him, but there was a guy that looked like Road Dog. Uh, I was in gonna the say that, and then when they cut back to it, I didn't know if I saw him beforehand. But yeah, you're right. Okay. It was the Road Dog. Road Dog is there, and he was getting yes. an autograph. Yo, man. Everyone going up was a HBK fan. Okay, but he's on the roster. <laughs> Wait, was was Rodai on the roster at this time? Yes, he was. Actually. Anyways, after the Dang. whole hugging and thing, HBK, call, HBK calls himself the leader of the new generation. Kind of basically taking a shot at Bret Hart. And then the interview concludes, and Vince plugs Shotgun Saturday Night, which will be at the Park Place in San Antonio where HBK is at right now. Afterwards, we get Bret Hart coming out to a sizable pop. Bret Hart is limping and selling the attack from Austin from last night, and Honky Tonk Man is quick to call him the second best Intercontinental Champion of all time. So Bret Hart joins the announced team and goes, and we go to commercial. Now we come back, and we see HBK at the park place, and we visibly see the road dog right beside him, drinking a beer with HBK, and they're with the fans. Rock cuts back to another highlight from Superstars where the Bulldog costs Austin a match from two weeks ago, 
and Bulldog comes out with Clarence Mason. Rocky Mayavia comes out to a decent pop. He doesn't have the tassels on this time. And we go back Wait. to... What are you going to say? I just want to make a note of uh, of Rocky Malvia. You know uh, his, his his theme, right? Where it's like where it's like Rocky chant? I know. For a second, I thought that was a crowd chanting. I didn't notice that. But then I realized that was his theme. Yeah, they, they piped in a Rocky chant. And I found it so <laughs> like, wait, wait. and so forth. I, I didn't think Rocky My V was over. What is this? Neither did I. I mean, he's he's got a fan base, but he's by no means over. So we go back to a highlight from Shotgun Saturday to see Mero and Sable arguing with Mero leaving Sable in the ring. And then the Honky Tonk Man comes in and tries to dirty Mac and woo Sable. Rocky comes in to stop him, and then Mero comes back to take Sable and is upset because he thinks Rocky is trying to mac on Sable. And then they brawl. This is what confused me. Is Mero babyface or heel? He's teasing. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a face when he needs to be, and a heel when, when they need him to be. Big show. Not quite. Maybe to a lesser extent. Mark Merrow. So we get the match between Bulldog and Rocky Mayavia. The match starts with a collar and elbow tie, and Bulldog shoves Rocky and then taunts him, does his little flex. Then Rocky gets the better of Bulldog and gets the arm drag takedown. At this time, Brett is discussing the rumble and how Austin better watch himself. Rocky gets some quick offense on Bulldog and hits him with another arm drag takedown. Here, Brett puts over Rocky while paying homage to Rocky Johnson and Peter Maivia, playing up the history that Rocky has in his blood. Rocky has... Bulldog has Rocky in a side headlock. Rocky pushes him onto the ropes, gets hit with a clothesline, but Rocky kips up immediately and no-sells the clothesline. Then jumps over a running Bulldog, hits him with another arm drag takedown, hits him with a dropkick, sends Bulldog outside the ring, while commentary is still discussing Honky Talk's man... Honky Tonk Man's quest for a replacement and argues with Brett, completely ignoring the in-ring action. I didn't like that because I thought that was a good sequence from Rocky Mayavia right there. Mm -hmm. You really saw the glimpses of The Rock's athleticism in that one quick sequence of offense. Because we got and to no see one paid attention up. to it. We got to see how high he could jump vertically, and this is a heavier yep. rock, wouldn't you say? Pardon? Uh, the Rock seems to look heavier here than he does in like ninety eight, ninety nine, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> a little, a little uh, chub on the side, but it's, you know, still, still pretty good shape, you know. Yeah, I think this is him fresh out of college, but still. And we see that Young Bulldog is Rock. visibly overwhelmed and upset at what's going on, so he proceeds to leave the ring, and leave the match, and just take his ball and go home. But Clarence Mason stops in. Vince uh, teases the possible presence of Austin, and Brett says that there's a lot of evil running around the WWF. The crowd is distracted because Brett, um, not Brett, Owen Hart comes out during this match and says, and Brett says he hopes that Owen does not mess with him. Owen places his slimy on the announce table and Brett asks Aust uh, Austin, Owen, why he doesn't mind his own business, and Owen says, that the bulldog is his his business because he's his brother-in-law. And Brett says, 
but he's my brother-in-law too. So Owen is staring down Brett, cross-armed, and Brett takes off his small John Lennon glasses. Vince presumes that Owen is there, so Brett does not interfere, and man, this was an awkward situation. But I liked it. Sure. I liked it because there's not often where there's an interaction today between the different levels of the roster. Yeah. Owen is the tag team chant, and Brett is basically a contender for the world title. And usually on Raw, you don't see an interaction between... Kevin Owens and, say, Cesaro. You don't see an interaction no. between... They usually, um, and it's usually between their own divisions. It, yeah, it's basically between their own divisions, and I think that's why things get stale, because you get the same matches week in, week out, whereas here in 97, they're more willing to play around with the pieces that they have. So you'll get Rocky Mayavia maybe having a feud with Mark Merrill, and then maybe having a feud with the Bulldog. You'll have Bret Hart play up his two-year-old feud with Owen while still having a feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin and HBK. And I think it's good because it provides other members of the roster um, a sense of upward mobility. Yeah. Where it's not like... And it's good to see that they're like, like, the relationship between the wrestlers. And I think... It doesn't segment them in tiers, kind of like a fighting game does. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Owen Hart doesn't seem like a low-tier guy. He's just another guy on the roster, even, and he's a champion. So, Rocky gets a near fall. Bulldog hits a clothesline. Meanwhile, Bulldog starts getting his elephants in. He's got the headlocks in. Meanwhile, Owen is still standing there and just grilling Bret Hart. Doesn't take his eyes off him for, like, the entirety of the match, I think. Nope. Brett blames Owen for the ankle. Vince asks if Owen is always sour. And Rocky hits a flying crossbody and gets a two count. Bulldog gets Rocky up for a delayed vertical suplex. And then he flexes. He hits a leg drop for the two count. Then Rocky does his blocking punches um, spot. And starts hitting him with the right hand. Yep. Hits two close clotheslines. Then one big clothesline on the ropes. And both men end up outside, and Bulldog whips Rocky into the barricade. Then Austin comes out, runs into the shot, chop box Bulldog. Brett goes up to help, but Owen stops him because... Owen's not having done it. He hasn't been paying attention and was focused on Brett the whole time. Austin hits the stunner, again with no front kick yet. And Austin starts running away backwards while Bretting, uh, taunting Bret Hart as Brett hobbles along on the aisle. The ref starts counting, and Rocky wins via countout. And this is Takes the cheap win. We get the piped-in Rocky chant with the theme playing. How? What do you think about this match? Or this whole... Um, I was, I, uh, it was a pretty solid match. You know? This is like, it was like serious. Like, there's seen scene of Rocky work as Rocky Maivia. I don't think I've ever seen a full Rocky Maivia match. Mm-hmm. But then you see, you did, you did see glimpses of like his future moveset with the kip up, the athleticism, and even the, even the way he strikes, like still seems very similar to the way he strike. He would, he would like strike as Barack. Yeah, there are, there are 
a lot of moves that he has here as Maya Villa that he keeps. Like you said, the kip up, the the right hands, which he evolves into the delayed third right hand, yeah. which is a smack. Um, that's the smackdown spot, actually. Um, the the flying cross body. He doesn't use that as mo. He had, doesn't use that as Hollywood Rock now, but he did use for a minute there. Okay. What I noticed about and- this segment was the. The amount of talent in that one whole segment was Brett, Owen, Austin, Bulldog, and Rock. Austin. And you got some of the finest workers in that one segment. And it's a shame to know that uh, two of those guys would be dead within the next three to five years. And, But it's also heartwarming to see that Within the next two years, Rock would be the number one heel in the company, and that Bulldog would kind of be the mid-carter floundering around at that time. Yeah, and another thing I liked about like this episode just as a whole is just, like, for me per- personally, seeing, like, the amount of superstars that I know personally, like, that I know right now, right? Like this episode featured The Rock as Rocky Maivia, Stone Cold, and Triple H, and it's, it's like it's very interesting to see them like as their start their starting character. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I mean, Stone Cold was like the most similar character, I guess, as like the same character. But I've seen Triple H as like the fancy rich guy, and Rocky. Well, I don't even know what Rocky's character to be honest right now is. Rocky but yeah, Apollo Cruz at this time. What he was? What he's a he's Apollo Cruz. Oh my goodness! Smiling baby face. Just all smiles. Yeah. All smiles. All right, so I guess we gotta wait for Apollo Cruz. Or he's so. like the original Randy Orton. Remember when Randy first came out? Oh yeah, <laughs> baby face. There was nothing about Randy him Orton. other than he was an Orton. True, and. But yeah. Randy used to have a crossbody as his finisher too. Hey, he was off the top rope now. Come on, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I think flying moves from the ground are more impressive sometimes. Really? Like Rich Swan's 450 splash from from Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is more impressive. So we move on to the main event. Raw cuts backstage to the nation. They talk about the Rumble being every man for themselves, and Farouk disagrees. As the nation is about unity, and Crush says that by any means necessary, they will dominate, to which Farouk replies, absolutely. Taker's music plays, and the lights go out. He makes his long entrance, and he has a tattoo. They cut the entrance short, though. They did. What is this? What what are they doing? Put some respect on Taker's entrance, man. You only have an hour. <laughs> Come on, man. Taker needs to get take his twenty minutes, man. His designated twenty minute entrance. Hey, they also cut out the next entrance short, which I wasn't happy about. Crush comes out to the nation. I mean, Crush comes out with the whole nation, who have PG thirteen, which is comprises of J C Ice and Wolfie D, 
doing the theme song. So this is what I was talking about. They have a live performance as their theme song for the Nation of Domination. And while I was researching who uh, PG-13 was, I didn't know that the Nation of Domination is not a WWF production. It's not? Yeah, the Nation of Domination was originally... Let me double check. So, PG-13, the two rappers, are the only original members of the Nation of Domination. They... Okay. So the original Nation of Domination was formed in the USWA, led by PG-13, which is the two rappers. So Farouk was not an original member, obviously, because he was Ahmed. Not. Wow, I said he was Ahmed Johnson. He was. Wow. (laughs) Come on, man. He was Ron (laughs) Simmons back in WCW. (laughs) He was Ahmed Johnson in WCW. And then they repackaged him into they Farouk. Repackaged him as Farouk. Do you remember what they initially repackaged Farouk as? No, I don't. They had him with like this blue like Mega Man helmet. Really? Yeah, it was bad. And what was his gimmick? And what was, wait, like it was a Mega Man helmet. So that's his character. He's Mega Man. I think he was like, I don't know if he was smiling baby face. Oh my goodness! But yeah, Farouk. Like when I when I seen him, very, he looked so he looked so like serious, like legit. Like he like I don't like he's just frowning the whole time, frowning in the promo, frowning at ringside. He just had that presence about him, you know. Like you don't want to mess with this guy. Yeah, and he'd have that presence for the rest of his career too. Anyways. Yeah. One of the. I can't really imagine him as a smiling, <laughs> go lucky, go happy baby face. Yeah, they paired him with Sonny back in the day. He looks like an, he looks like Apocalypse. <laughs> when I'm googling. Okay. So the entrance happens. Taker interrupts the entrance and rushes Crush, and the nation basically runs away, and. Taker throws Crush's face into the steel steps. While this is happening, the uh, PG-13 is still mic'd up and you can hear one of them screaming to fall back. And the nation wants no part of the Undertaker. Taker rolls Crush into the ring and the bell starts. They brawl. Crush whips Taker into the ropes. Taker hits Crush with the jumping DDT. Taker slams Crush and hits him with a leg drop. Taker goes for old school and gets crushed by Farouk. Uh, outside with no reaction from the referee which is Earl Hebner Taker then throws a running crush outside the ring Taker pulls crush back inside and crush uses the ropes to hit Taker with a cutter crush now gets his offense in whips Taker into the corner but runs into a big boot which Taker follows up with a flying clothesline crush then hits Taker with a pile driver but does not follow up with a pin and takes Taker on the apron and elbows Taker I found it weird that a pile driver wasn't even a signature move for Crush. What is Crush's finisher? The heart punch. The heart punch? <laughs> the heart. The heart. Uh, wait, the hard punch or the hard punch? The heart punch. The, uh, that sounds like a pretty serious finisher. So what he does is he takes. 
the wrist of his opponent, puts it behind the back, well, the left wrist of the opponent, and okay. then while that is exposed, he punches the armpit to hit the heart, to which your heart would skip a heartbeat for three seconds for you to get the win. What? That was the explanation in kayfabe? <laughs> okay. Because he's just a genius. He says he knows how to stop your heart. All right. I hate. Honestly, crush. I see. I like. I see a guy that I that can punching point out so your weak points. <laughs> Jeez, I'm looking at it right now. What is this finish? Are you kidding me? Like that pile driver he did on Taker looked really devastating. And you're telling me this is his actual... This is the move you don't want to be hit with as his opponent. The heart punch, man. The heart punch said no love for me. No heart for me, dude. This is different because back in... When I was a kid, kids were doing that at recess. Oh my goodness. This is... So that's why kids around the world just... Where there's reported hearts were stopping for three seconds. Everyone's doing the heart punch at recess. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Anyways. So Crush gets bothered by a small uh, jailbird chant. And Crush takes Taker and tosses him on the barricade and then tosses him on the steps. And you can see that there are four teenagers in the front row standing up and heckling Crush. I, I like seeing that. I like the smaller barricade. You can see that. What's Crush gonna? What's Crush gonna do, yo? What's, what's Crush gonna do? Heart punch those kids. <laughs> Heart just stop. Three seconds old. He can. He, he knows exactly how long he needs in that heart punch, dude. So Crush is dominating, and the camera cuts to Vader, who is basically rot watching at the A of the raw entrance, and then Raw goes to commercial. In which they replay the Austin chop block from a couple minutes earlier. We come back to Ron. We see that Crush is still dominant throughout this match. Vince mentions that there are two wildcard Rumble entrants to be announced this weekend. Once on the day of the Rumble and once at Shotgun Saturday. So I find it weird because... Every year we don't know who... At least 20? Of the Rumble participants are. And then there's a lot of returns, there's surprise entrants, debuts. Mid-card guys, a lot of disappointing guys. This time around, everybody has a slot except two. Oh, really? So there's, prior to that, there's already been 28 announced people in the Rumble? I don't think so, because when I watched the Rumble, like, the last time I watched this Rumble, there was a bunch of guys where I'm like, they're on the roster? So, I the flying nuns were not in the the rumble. So I'll tell you that. Oh come on, yo, that was that's, that was the edgy tag team, dude. <laughs> dude, how about my boys, Furnace hey. and Lafont, man? Hey. They had to have a good run in the rumble. Taker comes back and hits Crush with his flying lariat. Taker goes for the tombstone, but gets reversed into a belly to belly suplex by Crush, and Crush signals for the heart punch. But gets stopped by Taker. Taker hits Crush with a choke slam. Then the Nation of Domination rush the ring, and Vader comes in to join in on the beatdown. 
Taker Jeez. does his best to fight off and no sells, but he can't win the numbers game. Vader hits Taker twice with a Vader bomb. Ahmed Johnson comes out to the ring with a 2x4, but cannot beat the numbers game, and he gets jumped as well and gets smacked with a 2x4, and Raw ends. Pretty, that was a pretty pathetic run in, man. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, what was the plan? I'm at Johnson a two by four. I got a two by four against six men. I thought he was. I gonna, can do it. I thought he was gonna run wild on these guys. Oh, because you're just so. Because like I think nowadays when someone does that spot, people just clear the ring. Yeah. But they see a guy with a weapon walk in. Or you're, we're we're used to seeing a baby face just absolutely destroy heels. Yeah. In those situations, but no, the numbers game was quick. Does he even does he even hit all of the two by four? I think he hits one dude before he stopped. It might have been one PG thirteen, but yeah. <laughs> he took he took it for the team, and the rest just beat on him. And that goes the go home raw. Now, when you watch that raw, does that make you want to purchase? 1997's Royal Rumble. Purchase. Because that's the ultimate goal of the go-home Raw, right? If we were just to base it off the go-home Raw? Well, the two weeks of Raw that we've watched this year. Are you intrigued for the Rumble in five days? Rumble. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but during the both two sh- Shows, I think the only matches that I know that are definitely, I mean, that are on the card are the Rumble itself, the title match with Sid and Sean, and Taker vs. Vader. Taker vs. Vader is a match? Yeah. So they, they, they've always announced it like, like, like second hand. Like, oh. when Vader faced Bret Hart last week, he's like, oh, Bret, Vader will take on Taker at the Rumble. And then and then in this, and then uh, when Taker took on Crush, they're like, oh, Taker will take on Vader at the Rumble. I also forgot I mean, to mention yeah. that during one of the matches, Vince announced that the winner of the Rumble would face the loser of the title match on the following Raw. I actually like that. I do. I Again, it's more... It gives you reasons to see different matches and for you to tune in on to Raw. I'm surprised they actually don't, like, I don't know if they've done it in recent memory, but I, I, actually it's such a logical thing to, for it to happen, right? For the Rumble winner to face the former champion? Yeah, because it... It, it establishes, like, the upper echelon of talent, which is basically right now, I think it's Brett, Sean, and Sid... I don't know where the other guys fall in. So heading. So Taker wasn't main event. Taker was upper mid card at this time, right? Yeah. He wasn't a main event player. No, he. I don't think he's held the title since he beat Hogan for it in '92. Dang. Yeah. But I also think it's it's also because Taker understood his character wasn't one that you could build the company around. True. He felt like his he wasn't as marketable as the Undertaker. Like, where Hogan 
you build the like, company around. Yeah, Logan. Macho, you build the company around. Or Brett, you do HBK. Sean. Taker's kind of different. Yeah. But Taker's one of those He's characters more... that doesn't need a championship. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's his character. Yeah. So, heading into the Rumble, who do you think is going to win? Since you haven't watched the Rumble at all yet. And I hope, I hope you do not check up any Royal Rumble stats to see who wins in 97. I don't know. I don't. I didn't check. I mean, I I think I know the card for for WrestleMania. I think I don't like, but like in terms of who I think is gonna win, probably. Here's I'm gonna say you about take, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say Taker or Stone Cold. Okay, WrestleMania 13 is basically a card that was jumbled together. Like WrestleMania 32 was because of unforeseen circumstances, which okay. is all I'll tell you right now. All right. Yeah. So you've got Austin or Taker to win That's the Rumble. That's my Rumble picks. Yep. Okay. Okay. I I can't. And I've got. I know. I know what. And, and I've got Sid. And then I've got Sid going over Sean. <laughs> I you already know who wins. I'm, I'm thinking Sid's gonna take this one. You think Sid's gonna win in San Antonio? Dude, gotta build, gotta build. Sid, Sid's the ruler of the world. He's the ruler and master of the world, man. I don't, I'm just a Sid. Tell me a Sid fan, man. I'm a. That's my dude right now, man. <laughs> Both shows he's been highlights to me, man. I feel like. And I, I, I feel like after we watch 97 Raw, next year's show should be 98 Nitro. And then we'll just know a nitro. Wow. <laughs> just so you can have more Sid. Sid. Does he still get his pyro in, on nitro? No, he doesn't get that Sid pyro. I don't think Are he's you kidding Sid. me? I think he's Sid just... Um, no, <laughs> what? Did he change his name? No, he's not he's Psycho he's, Sid anymore? He's not Psycho Sid in WCW. What? The Wait, is WCW where he gets that nasty injury? Yeah. I don't think I can see this, man. See, I can't see that happen to my boy Sid. But yeah, what do you think? What was your favorite like segment or match of the show of this Raw? Um, man, probably the Rocky segment. Oh, uh, the Rock, the Rocky, the Rock yeah. match. Because uh, I think you set up a couple different storylines. In that yeah. one segment, and we got to see the rise of the Rock. We got to see the Bulldog. I got to watch some Brett. I got to see some Owen. I got to see Austin. One thing I That's don't like about this Raw is no, there is no finish to this match. I mean, to any match. No one went over. Wait, you're you're right. Wait, what? I didn't even have this in my notes. What first match? Disqualification. The, the first match, uh, just disqualification. Second match was a count out victory, and then the last one was another disqualification. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, I guess I guess going into the show, I don't want someone. I, I don't even know how to defend it. I don't like it. <laughs> I guess because when you're going into the rumble, you have to make everybody look even. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. But even then, like you can't have a full card of non like 
a decipher like even if they're like a dirty like someone interfered referencing at least this guy gets a pin right mm-hmm. there was no pinfalls or submissions on this on this episode no wow i just i just took that in and one thing i noticed is this tag match kind of dragged on like there was an obvious story in the tag match which i liked but there was no go yeah. to it there was no building towards a hot tag for gold dust which i felt like you should have done but it's hard to do when you have when you have a character like jerry where yeah he's they don't book him as the wrestler he was in memphis they book him as this you know this clumsy goofy guy that happened to yeah. be a good wrestler before and his better days are behind him and then you've got hunter who's there just basically for himself and mark merrill who's sables Mark Merrill. <laughs> Man, I lost all respect for Mark Merrill after he took a punch from Goldust and just said what, the, and then didn't even do anything. Man, I had to rewatch. I'm like, wait, is it, is it, like, because first I don't even think he sold it, and then the second, and then the second he just he just looks at him with a befuddled face and like his arms are like. What? Why, man? And like, I'm like, at least hit him. <laughs> like, like I thought they were, just, I, I thought they were gonna brawl, but then no, they just he just looks at him. Like, what are you doing? So one thing I noticed again too is that this week in 2017 and 20 years ago, we have an Undertaker segment. True. Let's compare them side by side. Which segment do you prefer? Which segment did I prefer? Well, I'll, I liked I liked the '97 one better. You don't, Not to say that Taker's like raw appearance this week was bad, <laughs> but I think I like I think everyone expected it. Like you know what he was gonna say already? Like, oh, Taker's coming to Raw. What else is he gonna say? Oh, I'm joining the Royal Rumble. He's gonna gurgle. Right? He's gonna what? He's gonna gurgle after he says "Rest in Beast." He sounded so weird. Rest in peace. <laughs> dude, he's a, this, that was the animal instinct of Taker, dude. Taker, 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 Taker's gonna. Do you. Wait. Wow, it's Rumble. Dude, this Rumble. I actually took. Like, this Rumble. Wait, who do you think is gonna win this year's Rumble? 2017? Yeah, this 2017. I actually just took it and there's like. There's so many ways they can go with this rumble. Ideally for me, it would be Jericho. No, 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 no. Jer- Jericho, Jericho has no chance. I feel like it's the it's the best way to do the Kevin Owens Jericho breakup. Well, I think we're. I think. I, well, if we're talking this raw, you you seen the main event match, right? I didn't see it. I know the the result. But you know the result. So you, so knowing that result, like, I, I had you probably know what's going to happen in the title match between Jericho. I mean, between Owens and Reigns. I don't know. I feel like. Okay, so say Reigns wins the Universal Title. What's his program for WrestleMania? Balor, I oh. think. What? It has to be Balor. Yeah, it has to be Balor. I've, but what, who are you going to make him work with? Seth's busy. That's why, because the Kevin, logical thing is... And then is Kevin Seth Owens and, Owen, and Jericho are guaranteed, basically guaranteed yeah. to have their blow-off blow match at Mania. in long-term, match, uh, long-term programs. 
but yeah, wow. No, I, I, I don't see Kevin Owens walking out of the Rumble as a champion, though. My Same thing for... Situ- my ideal situation is the Rumble ends with Rollins and Jericho, and you think Rollins is going to win, but Triple H comes back and screws him again, and Jericho wins. Oh, that's your ideal, like, best-case scenario? Yeah, because the only other one I can see is Taker. Yeah. But who does he face? Well, yeah. Oh, man. If Taker AJ or Taker Cena at Mania. Dude, this this Rumble has such, such like, potential to be, like, a great Rumble, but such but really high to be, like, one of the more disappointing ones as well. Because I, I, can, I can realistically see both Cena and Roman coming out of the Rumble as champions with a part-timer winning the Rumble, but as which would be so bad. Have we had a bad Rumble? Hmm? For the past five years, have we had a bad Rumble match? I mean, I mean, if we've we're had, talking about had, outcomes of the Rumble, you we've had bad like outcomes. Like the last past, the past years have been pretty bad. We've had bad outcomes, but the match itself is the good. The match itself was amazing. But then I don't think like when it comes to the Rumble match, I don't think people would care about like if it's good, but like or like they just care about who wins. Because the right. one where Batista won and Daniel Bryan didn't show up might be my favorite Rumble of the past five years. Even though I was so mad at it at the time because Daniel Bryan was not in it. Yeah. But I, it was still a fun Rumble because we got to see Roman Reigns get developed. We got to see... Hey, we got to see The Rock do a run-in. <laughs> oh, that was the year after. Wait, was it, wait, yeah. Well, that was, that was, that was oh, when yeah, Roman you're right. Won. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know, man. I haven't been a fan of... Like, I just want, like, a Rumble winner to establish... Like, like, they use it on a guy to, like, establish as a main eventer. Or, like, Goldberg and Brock don't need it. The Undertaker doesn't need it. So, if, 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 neither, if none of those guys win it, then it's all open. Unless they give it to Braun Strowman, of course. But, oh uh, no. Really, it's... For me, it's Jericho or Taker. Jericho or Taker for you? Or if, if Finn is ready. And we'll, we'll see whether or not he's ready this weekend. Because he's going to be there at the, uh, at the UK tournament. Oh, UK? Okay. Are you getting are you are into that? I'm actually not. I don't even. I'll, I mean, I'll catch it. I don't know. I'll, I mean, I'll catch it. if I can, but I'm not, I don't know much. Many of them, and it's not even like it's not like the cruiserweights where you know the style of the match. It's just like it's a bunch of dudes, right? Like the only British guy I know is Osprey, and he's not in it. He was. He's in New Japan. Is Zack Saber in this again, or no? I didn't look at the participants. No, I'm I'm not even gonna check for this show. <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. The ch- will the champion that gets crowned become join the main roster, or are they just gonna make their own like? I have no clue. I feel like it should be its own show, on its own separate time. For UK, for like yeah. spe- specifically for UK fans, right? Yeah. Because yeah, I like I don't want to sound like I like, but I I don't really care about this tournament. I'm being honest. So, anyways, uh, before we end off this episode, 
Let's give your star ratings for each match on this. Ooh, the star ratings. All right, the first first match. So Mark Merrill and Goldust versus Jerry the King Lawler and Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Triple H. Um, I don't know about you, but like, I, this match to me felt really like awkward and clumsy. Like, like, like no I flow. guess you, like like it just it just it just didn't work. You know what I'm saying? Like the stuff that they're trying to do. Like you had like you've got two one, good workers in Goldust and Triple H. But then just like, but then they were they were rarely in the match with each other, right? Yeah. Like they weren't they weren't together until like the final minute. Most of the time you had, and then like it's like no, there was no chemistry between the four men. I feel. No. At least, at least like you'd have like Triple H hitting Lawler. Like Lawler wouldn't do anything. Like no tension there. Mark Merrill and Goldust had no like chemistries. So I just I I just give this match uh. A one, one and a half. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm nice, but yeah, I just, like this match was like not, not the greatest. And I did no no favors in this match. Like, how, how did it, it's like did it advance the story in any way between like the story that was going on? What did we give fake outsiders versus Lafon? And we gotta write these down. <laughs> if I could just fake outsiders. La Quebecois. Man said La Quebecois. <laughs> I feel I'd rather see La Quebecois in action over these guys. <laughs> so wait, you've given it one and a half stars or one star? I'll give it a one. I didn't. I I didn't care much for the match. I'm giving it half a star. Ooh. So on average, this match gets three fourths of a star. Yikes. From us. I mean, come on. There, there was the obvious. There was the obvious of what you should have done. Yeah. But nothing happened, and it ended off with a stupid DQ. There's so much resting spots in the match too. Like. Yeah, and there didn't need to be. I mean, this match felt longer than it was, and it was really only ten minutes. I feel like they could have done this all in one. Like they could have done this match honestly in one segment, and gave it more time to. Either the Rocky Maivia match and or the Taker main event. And this match had a slow burn. It had a two week burn. Ugh. If you're telling, if you're asking me, this should have happened on Superstars. Or should <laughs> take it out, keep it off Raw. Keep it off the the programs we watch. Yeah, <laughs> please. I want like I'd love. I would have loved to see the the Stone Cold running on on Bret Hart on Raw. Oh yeah, why I. Why can't- why don't we get that on the go home raw? Why do we get that on superstars? I guess I guess back in '97 they just they're trying to like give people reasons to watch these sideshows, right? Like, oh look what can happen. But I feel like 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 I feel it, like your side your your syndicated shows don't get you money the way raw would, even though raw is your yeah, contested show. But you yeah. gotta give people reasons to watch Raw. I mean, there's still. I mean, I think. I mean, I guess their their reasoning logic behind it would be that people are gonna watch Raw regardless, even though there's like another competitor, WCW. You like like that's that. that's running you out of business at the very moment. Because at this time, I didn't watch all of Nitro, but at the time, WCW is doing their their Sting Hogan build up. 
So they've got yeah. that going. And they're going to do their their first NWO pay-per-view at the end of this month. So it's like, okay, like you got to weigh both sides. Like, what do I watch? And WCW does sound intriguing. Yep. So Bulldog versus Rocky Maivia. This was probably the best match on the card. I was going to say, and the best match overall. You know, you've seen glimpses of what The Rock would be. And you just had two guys that, like, were good workers, you know? You know, you could the only thing that held this match back was probably, like... The no finish? The finish. The no finish. But then again, but then again I did like the Stone Cold running, so I can't really, t- like, say anything about it. I like this. Like, I just like... I just liked it. I'm going to say it's just, like... It wasn't a great match, right? You can't, they're like that's the thing I've been noticing about like these past two Raws. There's no great matches, but they're like just like solid like matches where like yeah I'd watch it, you know. I feel like the best match we've had so far is still Vader, Bret Hart. Vader Bret Hart in the main event of last week. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say this is like this match would still be for me. It'd be a two, it'd be probably a two. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a two stars. I feel like if these guys. Uh, had time, they could have given. Yeah, with time, you higher. Yeah, and if there was a story behind it as well, but like between the two men, but like as a, like a one-off match. It's a show in match. on a raw. It's just, it's a it's like it's not a bad match. Yeah. Taker versus Crush. Taker versus Crush. You know, it was, it was very interesting to see. Uh, Taker, the young Taker move and stuff mm-hmm. haven't seen him move being this agile in recent years take her with hips <laughs> take her i can still do the the old school man i don't think take her i don't think he can do that move anymore i would not want to see him try the <laughs> hips he has that's 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 why it's brutal when he just went <laughs> the old school into just like falling onto the ropes yikes but yeah um this was it was it wasn't okay man. not as good as it wasn't as good as the previous match. Yeah. But it, you know, this was, but again, you know, this match could have used more time. You know, two. It was a okay match, especially since it was two big men, right? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Who aren't, who aren't particularly like good work. Like Tater wasn't. I don't think Tater was considered a good worker until like what, the SmackDown era, like my era, mid two thousands. Not until after WrestleMania twenty. Yep. So yeah, and and Crush I've never, but he like you know he, he pulled out a pile driver you know. Pretty disappointed I didn't get set. to see his heart punch. He has a good move set apart from the heart punch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say his match was a one and a half. Again, it was a dirty finish too. But yeah, I like, agree with you. It's a you one know? and a half. It's like it's not as good as the last match, but and a dirty finish. It's not as good as the last match, but it's not as bad as the opening match. As the first, yeah, the first match is awful. Yeah, let's just say that. But you know, I'd rather see the first match over. Uh, <laughs> nah, what I, I want, I want do the fake out. <laughs> Why don't we gonna see the fake? Are the fake outsiders in the rumble? I, can, I I won't tell you anything about the rumble. You gotta watch. It. Oh man! All right. I'll be rooting. I'll be rooting for Fake Diesel to win it, dude. And Fake Ramon. Let's let's put the Fake Outsiders in the in the final four of this Rumble. Let's, I'm gonna say that. Fake Outsiders in the final four. 
push the outsiders. Both are Kane. Oh man. <laughs> Wait, this <laughs> Kane. I'm just gonna call I'm just gonna call fake diesel Kane from now on. Not even not even legit. That's Kane. That's Kane. That's 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 unmasked Kane. That's that's, that's Kane. That's fake Luke Gallows. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. That's dude. That's Kane before Undertaker burnt the house down, man. That's that's dog. Come Gallows. on. <laughs> no. That's Isaac Yankum. That's the dentist. Okay, so one last question to end off the show. All right. Which Raw was better, 97 or 2017? Oh, this week? Um, this week. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not... I mean, 97. 97? This Raw was... I like, I like 97 better than this Raw, honestly. Is it like, because the, like, the one hour is much more fun than the, the three? Yeah. I think that's what... For me, too. It's the one hour... And, so one hour, dude. Like, let's say if you were, to, I'm pretty sure if you were to compress this raw into one hour, it'd be a lot better too. But like, as we're taking everything as a whole, you have to take consider everything, right? If I were to compress and, and, this and, week's and, raw into one hour, though, it would be HBK Taker and then the U.S. title match, which gives me no build for the rest of the roster. Right. Eh. I. Oh, that's actually true. Like but in an hour, do you, do you see how many like characters are like featured in this episode on, in the '97 Raw? Exactly. Then that's what I like in that about. what in that in that match alone. Like there's like what easily there's easily like four guys involved that, that advanced that were like that were like that pushed like a storyline forward. Like Raws nowadays, if they were booked like that, you'd feel like oh, it's overbooked. Oh, it's cluttered, right? But then that shit seemed so smooth. What I like, especially when we go back to the Maya via Bulldog match, was that Austin now comes out with three guys to feud with as opposed to being stuck with the Bret Hart feud. And we don't see that in wrestling now. We see one guy feud with another guy for God knows how long. Like, let's use NXT for an example. Like, how long was the Joe Nakamura feud? Oh, since summer, at least, right? With nothing in between to buffer that to make it, you know, meteor. Well, there was that uh, that time where Joe was taking out, the, like, the roster, right? All right, but there was nobody that, like, you saw. Like, yeah, there was no, there was no, there wasn't another, like, main player in, after in the this feud. Over. Yeah. And when we see this, it's like, okay, if Brett beats Austin, oh, he could still feud with bulldog and owen or if austin beats like austin beats brett then bulldog and owen can feud with austin and they move up with him so it's yeah there's different dynamics or for rocky maivia you know he loses he still can feud with mark merrill or he can go chase the ic title because he just beat bulldog or with uh, Undertaker. Now he could feud with the Nation of Domination because they jumped him. And he can still feud with, with Fader at the same time. Yeah. Just uh, like like we, what we said earlier, like this roster has like 
multiple like everyone has like multiple relationships going on at the same time yeah we don't see just one level we see different crossing paths yes all right so i'll ask you this which raw was better out of this raw i mean i'm like this episode of 97 raw or the first episode of 97 raw i gotta go with episode one episode one yeah last week because of the main event I think it was the main event. It was Psycho Sid's reaction to Shawn Michaels and <laughs> Pete Lothario getting the the snot yeah. rebound out of him. I was gonna say the same thing because in the first episode you had like this, like they followed like it felt this like main storyline, right? I felt like if you were gonna do a go home raw to sell the rumble, you do it in reverse. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah, last week's right. raw today, and then. Today's Raw last week. Yeah, I agree. Especially with the last, the last like, with, with Sid powerbombing Pete Lefario. Yeah, and then you've got yeah. that. You've got the the heel with heat going into the pay per view, and you've got the you've got a reason to see uh, HBK win. Yeah, I, I they sent they ended this they ended this episode of Raw with like. They're lower card feuds. I mean, so I get like you wouldn't like when they want to hype up either the Royal Rumble matches. <laughs> I was gonna say they should have just emptied the locker room and do that that cheap spot where they have their their bootleg Royal Rumble in the final segment of in Raw. No, they didn't do that. <laughs> you don't like that spot? Nah. I mean, not for '97. I was just imagining. I, I think it would just make your roster, like, a small roster that it is, look smaller than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And there. That's episode two, guys. So next week we're going to drop two episodes because we've got to watch the Rumble. And Rumble first. Raw after. So Sinead thinks Austin... You said Austin or Taker? Pick one. No, no fun sitting. Taker. You got Taker winning. And you've got Sid winning yeah. in Senate. And I got Sid, yep. Okay. I can't make a prediction because I know what happens. So. Yeah, you know what happens. Yeah. It's spoiler and spoiler. Spoiler and spoiler. Oh, yeah. See, this guy already knows. I know. I'm just searching up our exit theme. Is it is it the man is it the mankind Hulk theme, dude? Yep. Or right, let's do the Hulk theme this time, or <laughs> the Bruce. No, we'll, we'll keep it with mankind. Yeah, man. Oh, it's whatever. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna learn how to play it on the piano, and then one day, maybe at the end of WrestleMania 13 review, we'll I'll play it on the piano. What the mankind theme? Yeah, to to lead us off into the night. Okay, man. And we out. Later, boys. <laughs> <laughs>